0: You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikenna Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Okay, we are coming out from the Father's Day celebration. And um, we had a wonderful time with our sister, Pastor Tino, on Sunday. Praise the Lord. And um, just like I knew, men will be told, this is what is expected of you. And thank God, on Wednesday, the Lord had begun to prepare us and to get us ready. And we saw from last week, Wednesday, that the Christian man is in need of prayers. Praise the Lord. And we saw that this was so because he cannot take the steps are the options that are open to the unsaved man. The unsaved man has many options. They can go violent. They can go, you know, side They can go, you know, illegal. They can do many things that are open to them. They can intimidate. But the Christian man has been commanded to lead by love. It's not an easy command. Praise the Lord. It's not an easy. When the Bible says husbands love your wives, as Christ. It's not, it's not something that you can learn in Oxford. Praise the Lord. They cannot teach you that in Cambridge. It has to take the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. And we saw that these men, you and I, you know, as many of us as are here, we need help to be able to succeed as Christian men. Praise God. And I trust that you're praying for yourself and that I pray that men are praying for themselves and that the women in our lives, our children, our wives, our mothers, are also doing what? Praying for us. Praise the Lord. Come with me to Luke 18. We have quite a few things to do tonight. I trust God for speed and coverage. Luke 18, the parable of the persistent widow. I'll read quickly from verse 1 to 8. It says, Then he spoke a parable to them. That men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will. Avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will do what? Avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith? on the earth praise the lord now this passage tells us our lord jesus was saying to us his disciples his followers and christians for the rest you know all christians there will be he says one thing you must not tire to do is to pray in fact he said ought always to pray and what not lose heart he meant that the default position is to lose heart Praise the Lord. But our prayer tonight is that we will receive strength in the name of Jesus. And just before I leave this, because we are going to read a few scriptures and we'll start tying them together. Before I leave this, we're going to go next to 2 Kings chapter 4. And we're going to read about another widow. But before I leave this, notice that Jesus said here, it is men. And mean we want to believe that he said men ought always to pray. And then he told us about a widow. Have you pondered that, why isn't it a man praying? The man probably died out of prayerlessness, and then the widow took up the case. Praise the Lord. In 2 Kings 4, a similar account from verse 1 to 7, open to you quickly, we'll read. The Bible says, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maid servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. We can actually stop here. Verse 1: This woman came to the prophet and said, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant did what? fear the Lord. And he says, the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be slaves. I want you to estimate, when was that debt incurred? Was it after the man died? The man incurred that death. Praise the Lord. The man incurred that death and left or rather died also out of or without solving the problem. And then this woman, another widow had to do what the Bible is admonishing us to do, had to take up this matter to the supreme authority. And we've seen these two cases. That's why I'm starting with them because we're moving on quickly. We've seen these two cases that these two widows got justice. This second widow in 2 Kings got the miracle that sustained her and her children and would have sustained the husband if she appealed. In fact, we have from the record we have We have no case here, nothing insinuating that this man went to Elijah to say, I have a problem in my house. We don't have anything there. So who knows what he did as the pressures mounted on him in the house. He probably was listening to the voice that says, be a man, be a man. And then he did what? He swallowed everything inside. But we learned last Wednesday that the Bible made it clear to us. You know, the Bible was very clear to us. It says the man is the head of what? The woman. And who is the head of man? Christ is the head of man. Your head is who does the thinking for you, your head is who directs you, your head is who, if you have a problem, what do you do? You think with your head. Praise the Lord. So we see that be a man is okay for the man who does not have God. Be a man for the man who is a Christian man is to take it to God in prayer. Praise the Lord somebody. And that's why Lord Jesus told us in Luke 18, where he says that men, what, ought always to pray and not lose heart. You see, the burdens and the challenges that will come to us in life. God himself knows that these things are going to be heavy. To be a man is not easy. Praise the Lord. It's not easy at all. It's not easy. You know, when I was thinking of the theme we're going to use for the men's week, at the time, you know the theme that came to me, any Igbo man here, if you have an Igbo person around you, they will help you explain. You see, the life of a man is not easy. Okay? I mean, the ladies, you don't know what you have going for you. But you see, to be a man, then the pidgin English people say to be a man is not a day's job. Uh-huh. You see, it's not easy, but God in his provision, in his love, has made a way. Praise the Lord. And that's why Jesus says, men, what, ought always to pray and never lose heart. Why? Because the pressures are going to come and they're going to, you know, push you in the direction. And then the world says to you, stomach everything, you know, take everything in you, a man, take everything. But the Bible says, you a man, go to your Lord. I want you to know that the head of every man is who? Is Christ. So if I take everything as a man and don't take it to Christ, in essence I'm denying him as my husband. Just the same way no husband will want the wife to keep the pressures that she's going through from him. But that's what, you know, the world pushes us to do, you know, and with that we begin to see what happens. So I want us to now move to another story, which is going to capture how this thing plays out. Interestingly, come with me to 1 Samuel. We'll refer to this passage on Sunday as well. And um, we're going to go to it now. And we'll see an interesting account. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1 to 8. In that passage, I'm going to read quickly. It says, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked it and burned it with fire, and had taking captive the women and those who were there, from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Thank God that these men even wept. Praise God. You know, they'll tell you, men, don't cry. Praise the Lord. That's why more men are dying of high blood pressure and different things. But thank God these men, maybe because there was no woman around. So they just looked at them and said, oh boy, this thing, I can't handle it. And you know, they were just wailing like like small children. They lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. So it's okay to weep. Praise the Lord. Even the Bible tells us Jesus himself wept. You cannot be more man than Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise the Lord. And verse 5 says, And David's two wives, Ahinoam the Jezreelite and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Camelite, had been taken captive. Now look at verse 6. It says, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring me, bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, saying, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover. Or let's stop here because where I want us to take from this story is from verse 6 down. Verse 6 says, Now with these things that happen, David was greatly distressed. Now, the events of the day were as terrible as terrible could be. But the Bible says there was an added trouble for David. The men who were his followers said what? The best thing is to kill this David. Praise the Lord. He is the one who has led us into this trouble. And they were talking of stoning him because they were grieved. Now, the Bible says, David was greatly distressed. I want you to understand, because sometimes you read the Bible, it's good to check the words. The word distress, not greatly, just distress alone, means mental suffering, grief, and anxiety. Any man has experienced that before? You know, the frustration. It says hardship due to lack of basic necessities. It's talking about school fees, money, rent money, you know, food money, and all of that. It says physical pain. It says, danger or difficulty with a need for immediate assistance. This is what distress means. The noun had greatly distressed. This is where David was. Because this man, they could stone him and that would be his end. And there is nothing he could do. But the Bible said something there, which is where we are to let, pick our lesson from that. It says, but David, praise the Lord. But David did what? David strengthened himself In the Lord his God. What are we learning? We are learning that Christ is the head of man. So trouble came to David. What did we see David do here? David channeled the trouble to who? To his head. And his head did not tell David, this one is too much for me. Praise the Lord. The songwriter sang and says, what burdens and what sorrows we often carry. Why? Because we do not take everything to the Lord in prayer. Now, this is for men. This is for everybody. The reason you're loaded and heavy with burdens is because you're carrying it. The Bible says, cast your cares and burdens unto me for what? I care for you. But you see, it takes an understanding of who, not just who of who God is, one, but more so of how much God loves you. This morning, the Lord was, you know, ministering to me something. Was it yesterday? I can't remember. He said, my power created the world. you know that? And that power to create the world, you know, when we say somebody's power did something, you imagine somebody doing like this, isn't it? But God's power to create the world, he was say, let there be. How much power does it take to say, let there be? That's the measure. That's the proportion. Praise the Lord. That's the proportion of his power to what you see. So when the Bible says God by his power created the heavens and the earth, it's not that he didn't use bulldozer. He said, let there be. He said, let the heavens be filled with lights. You know? And they started, he said, let the waters be separated. So you can imagine how powerful God is. If just a word of his can do this. Now, when man, when our first fathers, Adam and Eve, you know, rebelled and disobeyed God, Now, if the power of God to create is let there be, do you know that it was so easy for him to say, let this one cease to exist. And then he'll say another word, let there be. Praise the Lord. You see, the earth actually and all of God's creation is disposable to God. It's very disposable to God. It's nothing to God. It's like one ply of your tissue paper. How many will cry that one ply is soaked in water? You just take it and throw it away because there are multiples. So the power of God could recreate this world a zillion times. But the only reason God did not destroy the world and recreate was that his love was exceeding his power. So he said, for God, so what? Love. It wasn't God's power that came to redeem us. It was the love of God. For God so loved the world that he did what? He sent his only. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that to understand how much God loves you. So when there's a situation and you don't take it to him, you should change yourself. And it is the work of the enemy that makes us try not to bring things and everything to God. But I believe tonight somebody is going to call upon the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. So the Bible says there, David, but David, but David. What are the options that were open to David? When this man spoke of stoning him, he was the commander-in-chief, praise the Lord. And remember how these men came to him. He could have started pointing to each one of them. Look at you, so it's me you want to do this. Remember you came here a wretch. Remember you came here indebted. Remember you came here. Now, do you know that is the natural, reasonable response? Praise the Lord, somebody. The devil knew that this was David's last fight. Do you know that? After this fight, David stopped fighting or rather running from Saul. This was the last battle. Praise the Lord. And this last battle was the toughest. Not because the enemies were shooting faster arrows, but because it came at a dimension that many of us are not sensitive to. The Bible says, Where there is envy and strife, what is happening there? It says, There is every evil work. The attack on Ziklag and the burning of the houses and the village and taking of the women was not Satan's greatest attack on David. The greatest attack that was shot at David in this situation was to bring distress between him and his men. Now, let me say to you, husband and wife or whoever you are here, whether married or married, that situation that is causing strife in your life now is greater than the attack of the money you don't have. Because the Bible says, if any two shall what." agree as touching anything what will happen it shall be done for them by my father in heaven what the enemy wanted was for david and his army to what to quarrel and if he got that they would have self-destructed on their own god won't even get involved satan won't get involved they themselves by the power they had would have destroyed themselves so the attack was this David, this man will speak of stoning you. And then David, you know, probably was the, you know, the strongest amongst them or the most killed. So probably he'll kill seven or 17 before the other 400 will kill him. And then when they finish killing him, they turn on one another and say, but why did we kill David? You're the reason we killed him. And then the, didn't we see that happen in the Bible. That's what kept happening. But by the spirit of God, something said to David, these men are not my problem. In fact, not just that these men are not my problem. Even if these men are my problem, they are not my solution. Have you ever thought about that? Even if someone is the cause of the problem, is the person the solution? Somebody breaks something in the house, you're beating the person. Would that bring the thing that was broken back? Even though they are the problem, assuming they are... But he realized they are not the solution. So something said to him, Why don't you turn your attention to the only source, to the only one who can bring you out of here? Married man, I want to beg you, your wife is not the problem. Married woman, your husband also is not somehow, somehow the problem. (laughs) Praise the Lord. It's not the problem. Or rather, even if they are the problem, they are not the solution. They are not the solution. That's what David shows us there. He says, but they spoke of stoning him. He was greatly distressed. He did not answer them. It's not every insult. It's not every assault that demands an answer from you. Because whatever you say will be used against you. Not may be used. Will surely be used against you. But when you turn to Christ, the author of peace, your savior, your redeemer, the ever-present help, he will bring solution in that situation. The Bible says, but David, I need someone to give me easy-to-read version and another person, the Living Bible. That verse 6, please. Easy-to-read version, verse 6. Okay. I think I have verse 6 of easy-to-read version. It said, all the men in the army were sad and angry. So someone should get for us um, the Living Bible. I have easy-to-read. It says, all the men in the army were sad and angry because their sons and daughters were taken as prisoners. The men were talking about killing David with stones. This upset David very much. So it's okay to be upset. Praise the Lord. We're going to get somewhere from This upset David very much. But what happened? He said, but he did what? He found strength in the Lord his God. How many times as men, or let's even say generic, as human beings, do we get upset and then we turn that anger into attack on people? The day doesn't go well. You have issues at work. You have issues here. And you're very upset. And then what you just do is what? You point out on whoever weak person. You know, some people call it, I think, uh, I learned from my it. it says it's misplaced aggression. You just turn it on people. But you see, David showed us something here. He said, all these things happening here will never solve this problem. What is he going to do? He said, God will be the source of my strength and he turned his eyes unto God. And we see as the story goes on, that when he inquired of the Lord, everything he asked, what was the answer? It was positive. He said, pursue, for you will overtake, and without fail, what? Recover all. That's what happens when we go to him. And that's why the enemy will never let us go to him. But the key there is this. The key so that we don't miss it. Remember, we started by saying, husbands do what? Love your wives. David here is the leader of this man. Why would he ignore? Or rather, why would he choose not to respond to the things that we are planning to do against him? The Bible says, love covers what? A multitude of sins. You see, the word of God is so tied together. A bit that they say to you there will be necessary to solve a problem you need over there. It's like mathematics. They give you a problem to solve in mathematics. You need to go and find out how square root, how to find, what's the other one? Pythagoras theorem. You need to find out how to get the dimension they'll give you the background. You need to find out all of them before you address the main issue. Now, if David did not have genuine love for those people, once that thing started, there will be an escalation of distress. The same thing now for us men, part of the prayers we are going to pray for men, is that men will love right. Praise the Lord. We will love right. We will love God and then we will love our wives. We will love our children. We will love who we should love. You see, we have problems in our society because men love the praises of men more than what they should love. So a man will be the wife and show her something. The person you're telling you showed something doesn't care about you. A man will be staying with a wife and there's peace. Then when the in-laws come, when the family comes, he begins to be harsh towards her to prove to them that you're a strong man in your house. They're not living there with you. After you impress them, they go home. Maybe in their own homes, they, they wash the feet of their wives. And then you have impressed them. But do you understand? To love right, to know where your value is, we're going to get there, you know, God helping us. So, we see in this account, every time as a man, and indeed as any Christian, pressures come our way, we always have an option. That option is this. Do we bite the bait of the devil and look down? Or do we lift up our eyes and look up? The guarantee I can give you is this. Up, there is always solution. Because they say, call on me, and what will happen? I will answer. And I will show you, who would have imagined that a situation like this, it would be possible to recover all? Only God. In fact, if the men did not speak of stoning him, and he did not go to God, that's another th- thing we learn from here. And they held a conference, they probably won't make any move. But the pressure, the extreme pressure that was applied to David... Compelled him to turn his back on his men. Sometimes, you see, not even sometimes. The Bible says, and we know that what all things work together for good to those who want, who love God and are the called according to His purpose. No Christian is ever pressed beyond measure. Every pressure a Christian experiences, when used right, will always bring a testimony no christian is ever permitted the word of the lord says and no temptation has what befallen you but such as is what come unto man but god will do what will make sure that you not be tempted beyond what you can bear but with every temptation what is he going to do he will make a way of escape that is the assurance we have so what are we learning today the pressure the pressure that is on me is not to destroy me is to push me up is to help me knowing I'm a Christian. Remember, David is the one that told us the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, isn't it? And we've learned that the sheep has no brain of his own. The greatest thing the sheep has for itself is that he knows the voice of his shepherd. That's the best thing the sheep has. And you know what? That's enough. Because the shepherd will call and the sheep will answer. And the shepherd will keep the sheep safe. So we see in this account that this pressure pushed david and then david did not respond what are we saying men i want to beg us as life pushes us as circumstances push us as situations heat us let us learn that we have the man god man christ himself that is head over us and he's the one who says there is nothing impossible with god isn't that what it says? It says with men, this is impossible. But it says, but not with God. For what? With God, how many things? All things are possible. Paul speaking to us, you know, in his own way, says, I can do all things, what? Through Christ who strengthens me. So we see in this account, and from the experience of the widows, that oftentimes, there are problems, yes, There are problems. If I were to pass around the mic or ask the people online to begin to send a message, there are all manner of problems. Some are health, some are financial, some are emotional. All kinds of problems. But you know what? God is the problem solver. Praise the Lord. That's his business. And what has he required you to do? He said, call. Simply say, pray. You see, the Christian and prayer is like the man and breathing. I know many of us are struggling with the nose mask. Because when you put it on, you can't breathe well. That's the life of a prayerless Christian. They can't breathe well. They are surviving, but they can't breathe well. You see them, they're inconvenienced. Now, God is admonishing you and I today to learn this lesson from David's account. And then these widows, their husbands need not have died. They did not need to be widows. Because the problems they inherited, we saw solution to them. And each of the solutions we see was out of divine intervention. Now, that divine intervention, what could have kept that man from going to the prophet to say, I have this problem? He would have had a solution. Man, that you are watching me. You can go to God for that problem. Praise the Lord. And not just the man, the woman also. The young lady, you can go to God. And what is he going to assure you? He will answer speedily. Speedily, that's what it says. It says, Pray, call on me, and I will do what I will answer. The Bible says those James 5 16b. We looked at it recently. It says the prayer, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, what does it do? It avails much. And you know, whenever prayer is mentioned in church, it frightens people, and there's no need for it to frighten people. Let me tell you, thank God the Bible is clear on itself. Prayer is not measured in duration. Praise the Lord. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. He did not say the seven hours prayer of a righteous man. How long do you think it took David to pray here? When the trouble came and he sent for the effort, how long did it take him to pray? Maybe one minute. And the solution came. You see, the only thing is this. You can't fake prayer. Or rather, he can't fake genuine prayer. Prayer is an outflow. It's like, I remember, I don't know if I've told you the story. When I was in the university, we had this, um, you know, you know, there are chicks and there are chicks and then there are uh, slave queens. Then they were not being called slave queens. But we had this slave queen who, you know, was almost like Oibo. But so, I can't remember, there was a bit of stampede in the school block. And all of a sudden, this, this slave queen screamed out, Hey, Uchimo! We're so surprised because she should have said, Ouch! But you see, prayer is, you can't rehearse. Genuine prayer comes out of the the inside inside of you. So if you don't have a relationship with God, you're going to struggle with it. But now many have relationship with God, but they're intimidated because they're not sounding like somebody. It's not volume. God doesn't hear by volume. Do you understand? God does not hear by volume. No matter how loud I shout, if somebody is in my house now, I can't speak to the person. But if I have my phone closed there, I can whisper into the phone and the person will hear. It's about connection. Praise the Lord. The problem is that we have used the drama around prayer to frighten people. Forget about all the drama. They say prayer point. It doesn't have to be. What prayer point did David pray here? What is the prayer point? He said, Lord, I'm in trouble. Isn't that what he said? Shall I pursue? you? He said yes. Shall I overtake? He said yes. You don't need to. The thing about this whole thing is you are God's child. He is your father. He knows where you are. He knows you need help. Before you begin to pray to him, he sees you. The only problem is that when you now don't pray to him, you know what he pictures? You don't trust him. You don't know him. When I pray to God, I simply say to him, I trust you. When I pray to God, I simply say to God, I know you are my father. When I pray to God, I simply humble myself. He takes also humility. When I pray to God, I say to God, you are omnipotent. That's what David was showing us here. Praise God. So, in fact, message says it this way. I think we looked at it. It says, the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Easy to read version says it in a very interesting way. It says, anyone who lives the way God wants can pray. And great things will happen. Anyone. So you're watching and you're a child of God. You can pray. And what can you pray about? Everything. Everything. Especially if you're a man. You can pray about man problems. Praise the Lord. Let me show you a scripture or two scriptures. You may have known this before. But when it was shown to me, it was so striking. How many of us know Rachel? And Jacob, Rachel, Jacob's wife. Rachel in Genesis 30, verse 1 to 4, came to the husband and said to the husband, give me children or else what? I die. Now look at verse 2. Jacob, well, You know Jacob was a natural, not just natural man. He was a natural wayo man. So this was his answer. Jacob's anger. Can you see the exact opposite of what happened with David? She provoked Jacob. And Jacob was provoked. That's how we can summarize this. And Jacob's anger was what? Was aroused against who? Rachel. And what did he say? Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you? Did God tell him that? Who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? So his anger is not just against Rachel, but against God. Read verse 3 and 4. Let's read it quickly. Verse 3 and 4. She now said, here is my maid, build her, going to her. We didn't see Jacob backslide. Immediately, fume, he went in. That is what the prayer relationship between a man and God should be automatic. He didn't even hesitate. He said, Go into the next thing you see, verse 4. She gave him Bill her maid, and Jacob what? His anger was dissolved. That's how the natural man wants to solve problems. Am I in the place of God? But you are her head. You are actually in the place of God. You are her husband. The man is to represent Christ to the woman. The father is to represent Christ to the children. Praise the Lord. And if you are not married here, any man that you can't see God in, any man that is not more spiritual, never marry a man that you are more spiritual than. I beg you, if you are married already, God will anoint the man and increase him. But the man must be somebody who shows God to you. In a dimension you never knew. Am I in the place of God? Now say another account. The father of this Jacob, Rebecca and Isaac. See what happened there. Genesis 25:21. The Bible says, Genesis, it says, now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. The wife did not plead. Or maybe she had been pleading. We don't know. But the Bible says, now. Isaac did what? Pleaded with the Lord for his wife. Because she was what? Barren. And what happened? And the Lord granted whose plea? Isaac's plea. And who conceived? Rebecca conceived. Praise the Lord, somebody. Let me tell you, there's something, you know, you know, when you prepare a message, you learn your own lesson. We've been living in the same place now for about 13 years. Is it 13 or 14 years now? From 2004. Okay, sixteen years. So from time to time, my wife will just get, you know, frustrated. This place is this. This place is that. And then I'll get very angry. But I've repented now, because when she says this place is small, I'll just be thinking we need to buy a tire for car. We need to buy this. And she's talking about another house. I'll just be angry, my spirit against her. But now I'm realizing that whenever my wife expresses a dissatisfaction, it's a waste of emotion. To be angry with her. I should just turn to my own husband. And say to him. Darling Jesus. <laughs> you there? here? <laughs> Praise the Lord somebody. You see yes. You see Jacob said am I in the place of God? Yes God gave you that woman. God gave you that woman. Praise the Lord. God gave you that woman. And we see what happened. So they place a demand on you. It's alright. Don't blame them. You see, they express these things to you. You go and express it to God. They say another, express it to God. In fact, you know, part of what we're going to pray for here is that one of the main reasons that a man will prosper is out of his desire to take care of his wife. That is one of the main reasons the anointing to bring something home will come. If a man does not have a strong love, and desire to take care of his family. His prosperity is going to be limited. You cannot be okay as a man going home, you know, with nothing. You won't steal, praise the Lord. You won't do crime. But there will be something in you that will make you cry out to your God. And say, I have a family to feed. If it means to hew wood, God hew that wood. In the process, you will hit gold. Because God is faithful. But you see, the attitude that makes a man, you know, abscond and, you know, dodge his responsibilities is not from the Bible. It's not from the Bible. Because what does the woman do? The woman is too vulnerable to be exposed. Women should do business. Women should help in the house. But they should not be exposed. Is somebody getting me? The woman should know that she's supporting and that whatever she's doing is under the husband. But she must never be seen as the one who is the cover. She can't be the cover. She does not carry that anointing. Isaac pleaded for the wife and God heard. The wife must have been pleading. Praise the Lord somebody. So as we say that for the women also, you need to pray for the man to know what to do. And now the other side of it is, as the woman now, as the woman, if you keep insulting your head, how good would that head be? If you keep talking down on that head, disrespecting the head. You know, there's a way. Have you watched those wrestling bouts? You know, if you watch, um, was it, WWE and all of those wrestling things. If you watch them, have you ever wondered why in the midst of macho men fighting themselves, they bring out skinny girls going like this. You see, there's a motivation in men to fight when women respect them. When the man, when that man, praise the Lord. When that man is leaving his house in the morning. And you, the wife, even though he didn't bring anything for the last three months. You kiss him and tell him, Hope, you're a champion. Today you succeed. When that man goes out, the anointing and boldness with which he will speak. Something will come. But if he's going out and you're saying, yeah, yeah man, you're going again. Are you getting what we're talking about? You see, this thing is a combo. He's your king. The servants of David set him at a point. King, you will not go to battle again. Because if we fall, nothing will happen. But if anything happens to you, all of us are destroyed. Say stay at home. No matter how bad that man is, don't forget, he is still your head. And when he gets it right, you will be blessed for it. So the enemy will tempt you. And what is that temptation? The same thing, to bring strife. We said here that the greatest battle David had to fight or the greatest attack that was shot at David was strife. It wasn't the Amalekites. It was strife. Now, in that home, once the devil can bring strife, no matter what the reason, no matter who is justified, you will continue to be there. But where there is agreement, he said the wisdom that is from above is what? Peaceable, pure, willing to yield, full of good fruits, righteous. That's the wisdom you need. Praise the Lord, somebody. Somebody. As we round up, you know, I want us to see, and one of the prayers, a point I want us to make here, we inferred it, but I need to clear it. 1 Timothy 2 verse 8. 1 Timothy 2 verse 8. I'd like us to read it out everybody. 1 Timothy 2 verse 8. It says what? I desire therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Now see something here. Men pray everywhere. And they say, lift up what? Holy hands. That we have emphasized enough, isn't that? We say, the fetch fervent prayer of a man living right. That's the key thing in prayer. Holy hands. Even the words say, he that must go to equity must do what? Go with clean hands. You can't. You can't. You can't be living anyhow. And they say, the pastor said, I should pray. No. The first prayer you pray is the prayer of cleansing. And then when cleansing has taken place, you know the second one? Without wrath. Because, like we said, the devil's attack. You see, that's why when people are saying, they, they, you know, they're fighting demons in their village, they're fighting this, they're fighting this. But, you see, the attack of the enemy, the fight will fight now. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So, the moment you think of somebody, that's not it now. We wrestle against what? Principalities and powers. ritual wickedness in high places. These things are deep. Part of the main hindrance to many of us is wrath. We are angry with somebody. Somebody is the cause of my problem. Somebody insulted me. Somebody did this. That's why it says, pray what? lifting holy hands and subtract wrath. You know why? Many things that will drive you to prayer will also anger you, will annoy you, will provoke you. So the wisdom is this. Don't be provoked. Turn it to God in prayer. Just like David did. David could have, you know, Gotten so mad at his people. But he didn't do that. He turned around and pushed it to God and their solution. He said without wrath. You know, the Bible is so clear. James 1, 19 and 20 says. James 1, 19, he says, So then my beloved brethren, he said, Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. 20 now. 20 says, For the wrath of man does not what? Produce the righteousness of God. Listen to me. Your anger does not help. My anger does not help. It will not help. It will not help. No, it won't. It won't. First Timothy 2.8 in message. It will not help. We need to turn all of that. You know, that's why when, when people are praying to God and they say, there's this sticker, Oh Lord, bless me so that my enemies will see. He's not God. The God of Jesus Christ does not answer such prayers. He's a God of love. He's not a God that fights envy fights. Mm -mm. Do you understand? This is what message says. It says, since prayer is at the bottom of all this. What I want mostly is for men to pray. Not shaking angry fists at enemies, but raising holy hands. Anger. Anger. I'm angry. Why do you want to marry? Hey, look at this person is sorted. Why do you want children? This person has sort of why do you want this? This person, this. Why do you want this? That, that, that. All those things. At the final temptation, get rid of them. Fill your heart with love. Fill your heart with peace. Fill your heart with joy. You see, don't forget that Jesus, or rather God, right from even the Old Testament, those closest to him, he said, I am your inheritance. So if you're coming to God to do something for you, let him know that he has satisfied you. And let it be that what you're asking for is an add-on. Unfortunately, when Christians gather, we provoke their desires, we wedge their appetites with, you know, an aggression and desperation for add ons. So a sermon will not complete unless somebody says, You'll be the the richest. You will marry tomorrow. You will have seven children next month. All those things annoy God because when you come, you must come to Him. I am your reward. I'm your exceedingly great reward. Isn't that what He said? He said, I'm your inheritance. So what do we do? We come and we enjoy him. As we enjoy him, he says, I add this to you. Isn't that what he said? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. And what would he do? He says, I will add. They are not what you seek. Praise the Lord. So what am I trying to say? The anger, the frustration. Let's deal with them. And we deal with them in the place where we go to God and we say, you are not for me. You are not for me. Where you find him and you hold on to him and he's just everything to you. And then you, you can remember, oh meanwhile God, uh, it would be nice for this to happen. And then he'll throw it in. You can't come and say you're praying dangerous prayer before God and you're shaking like this. With anger in your heart for somebody or for some people. He says no. He says when you pray, lift holy hand without angry face pointing at somebody. Praise the Lord. Now, and you know most times that is the problem we have as men. The second thing we do, the Bible says, be anxious for what? Nothing. But in everything by what? Prayer and supplications. Make your request known to God. So that thing that is creating anxiety, that thing that is bothering you, go to God in prayer. Go to God in prayer. Go to God in prayer. He will hear. Praise the Lord. And he will answer. Just like he answered David. David. And you will have a testimony In the name of Jesus Christ So quickly want to pray this prayer That the men will love right Praise the Lord He says husbands what Love your wives as Christ loved the church We will love right Then Colossians 3.19 Can you give me Colossians 3.19 He says husbands love your wives See the second part of that passage Of that verse Husbands love your wives and do not be bitter We saw what happened with Jacob He was angry Man If you have married that girl, taking her from her father, you have promised to nourish her. It's the Bible says no man ever hated his own body, but cherishes. I can't, I don't know any man that will have a cut and is hurting him. And every time he's opening the wound, will anybody do that? What will you do? You dress the wound. It says, you see, the Bible is so powerful. In Ephesians, it says, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. In Colossians, say, love them and do not be bitter. It means they will give you occasions to be bitter. But you should not be bitter. Because your body also does it. So, we are going to pray for men. Just quickly, I want you to pray. That men will love their wives. Love the women in their lives. Love their children. You know, love their families. Okay? And bitterness will be far. It will not help. Oh, foolish man. Oh, it will not help. It will not help. Christ does not look at you and say, Oh, foolish man. Oh, useless man. No. No. Lord, have mercy on us as men. Let us love right. Let us love right. In the name of Jesus Christ. Quickly, the second one, the same thing. Do you know something? Let me say this quick. What a man loves will determine his destiny more than any other factor in his life. Do you know that? What a man loves... That's part of what we tried to look at last Sunday. I don't know if we got the details of it. The Bible says in Song of Solomon 8, verse 6 and 7. It says, for love is as strong as death. Love is as strong as death. What a man loves will determine his destiny more than anything. Solomon was one of the few people that the Bible gave extra insight into God's love for them. The Bible talks about Solomon in 2 Samuel 12, 24. It says, and the Lord loved him. Solomon was the son of David. Jesus is the son of David. Praise the Lord. Solomon had everything prepared for him before he started his journey. But the Bible says in 1 Kings 11 verse 1, it says, but Solomon loved many foreign women. We're going to pray for our men. Let their loves be recovered from all the foreign places, from football. Some some families, The, the husband loves football more than he loves his own their group of friends where they go to do different things lord we are praying some is their age group some is that group you know lord i recover we recover lord i recover my love anything as a man i want you to pray for the men in your life i want you to pray for your sons as well i want you to pray for your brothers as well lord let their love come back and then for every one of us really because it touches each and every one of us lord recover our love let our love be on you And on the right ones you have placed in our lives. Father we give you praise. Thank you our King and our God. For in Jesus Christ's name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord somebody. God bless you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Park Expressway, near next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 7 3 You can find us online at www. W the father's dot org. God bless you.